politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. Daniel Horowitz back in the house for the end of week show, Friday, July 10th. We're going to tie together the full week, everything we've been talking about. We've had some terrific guests on this week. If you haven't heard all the shows, make sure you find it at iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you hear this show, wherever podcasts are heard, or if you just listen on the Blaze Media app as well. Now, the question I've been wondering, and I think it really tugs at your hearts as well, is when is our breaking point? What needs to happen to elicit a unified, coherent, effective, indefatigable, and righteous response from our side? And where do we go from here? What corner of this country is safe for an American patriot? An American patriot who doesn't want to be beaten by mobs with no police in sight, but then have the police come and arrest him for not wearing a mask. Where are we going to see the pushback? Because I'll tell you folks, you're certainly not going to get it from the Republican Party. And in fact, the Republican Party greases the skids and helps the Democrats enact their agenda. See, a lot of people don't understand. They say, look, you know, Daniel, I get what you're saying, how radical things are and things are worse than we could have imagined under under Democrats winning in 2016 under Republicans. But come on. I mean, if Biden wins, it's got to be even worse. But I think what everyone is missing is that. Republicans enabled them to get in this position because by Republicans enabling them to do the corona fascism and the corona jailbreak and the rioting and the BLM agenda with no meaningful pushback, not only do they codify their ideas in the budgets, they actually plan on passing another handout for these very states. They're already plotting that in Congress, and Trump, I'm I'm sure, will sign it into law. Steve Mnuchin is bragging how this bill will cap unemployment to 100% of your salary. That's like the concession. I mean, this is a man who could easily be in the Joe Biden administration as Treasury Secretary. But this is what Republicans do. Meaning, yes, it will be worse at any given point when Democrats take over precisely because Republicans enabled them to get there. So we were at point five, let's say level five under Obama, and we're like, hey, we don't want to get to level seven, elect Trump, elect Republicans, and then we'll get back to three. And really, what happens is we wind up going to a 10. Oh, man, now we're in 2020. Look, if you go to Biden, we'll go to 13. Yeah, but you only the the, the contours of debate are only now from 10 to 13 precisely because you elected Republicans that facilitated an outcome that was worse than even where Obama was on almost every issue. We're seeing that across the board. Seeing that across the board here. So you have state after state. Republicans in control of all three branches. 
In Mississippi, all they do is take down their flag, and then now the governor is mandating mask wearing in 13 counties in Mississippi. You have now Texas, where Greg Abbott is blocking so-called elective surgeries in hospitals, just like Cuomo and the Democrats did, which makes no sense. I mean, either the hospitals can handle it or not. If they can't handle it, they won't do it. If they can, they can, and you want them to have that revenue. Also, we've thrown hundreds of billions of dollars at the hospitals so they can handle that. And like we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes, we've had this before. When the media doesn't focus on it, we've had that in especially bad flu seasons. We've had this before. It's not worse than that. Especially what's happening now. They're not getting New York's version. They're getting a milder version. And again, the irony is these same clowns like Greg Abbott already agreed to a lockdown the first round. See, here's the irony. Most Americans think the South is now even worse than the Northeast was. But what they don't understand, you know, because it's like, oh, you had that wave, now you have another wave. It's going on much longer than the Northeast. But the truth be told, they never really got a first round, but they suffered through the lockdown like everyone else. You look at the social mobility trends, and there's not much of a difference. And in fact, there's almost no difference between Arizona and Maryland during, you know, late March, April. There really isn't. Maybe there's a couple weeks in, in May where there's a little bit of a difference. That's about it. They went and panicked and did a lockdown when they had less than the flu season. So now you have like a, an equivalent of a flu season in the summer, which most people wouldn't know about if you didn't tell them about it, if we didn't have phones and social media. The very small percentage that get very sick obviously will wind up being taken to the hospital or go to the hospital and they'll be able to handle that. But, they, I mean, it's like no matter what you show, no matter how much you show, state after state that did lockdown, that did mask wearing, and it didn't work in areas where they didn't do it and it worked better. Which demonstrates there is zero correlation. You can't stop the spread of a cold, right? I think we, we all agree to that. It's just not going to happen. It's a similar thing here. That's how it spreads. We still don't know the science exactly how flus and colds spread for all the talk. And that's, that's kind of what's going on. It's gonna, if it's going to get you, it's going to get you. Sweden did none of this. They have a better result than everyone. Because the truth be told, even even the superficial level that it seemed like they weren't as good as some of the other Nordic countries, that's because Sweden has an insanely liberal way of counting COVID deaths, even more than us. But if you look at excess deaths, which is really the the uniform measure, they're really, really good. And almost everyone who died was in a nursing home. And then they had the migrant population, which seemed very vulnerable in Stockholm and maybe a couple other places. You take that out of the equation, almost nobody died. They achieved herd immunity on the cheap. And they didn't kill their liberties and economy. Maybe we got to move to Sweden. I don't know. You look at Wisconsin, same story. California is part of the surge, right? They have the most deaths every day now. Now, most of them are recorded from previous times. It's a whole other thing. Like, let's say a state has 120 deaths in a given day. The media is like, they had 120 people died today. 
And really, it was like, you know, three people died and it was spread out. You know, maybe 50 people died over the last 10 days. And then, you know, the pr- previous 30 to 40 days are have, have the rest of them. They're, they're backdated. But Republicans fall for it and are pushing it just as emphatically as the Democrats. So now you have in Texas where they're banning uh, elective surgeries, which aren't so elective, and they're going to kill more people just like the other states did. And then, listen to this. WOAI, San Antonio. This is not the Onion. This is not the Babylon Bee. Texas Division of Emergency Management is advising residents to consider wearing a mask at all times, even in your own home. In an interview with Orion Wolf, Chief Nim Kidd, well, his brain is like that of a kid, said as much, adding the community has paid attention and done well outside their homes, but it, but it's not enough. <laughs> oh, my God. Who needs New York and California? It's already painted blue. Where do we go? <clears throat> You got in Pennsylvania. So that is a Democrat governor, but most of the state's conservative. The governor is now mandating that we're going to have to wear, wear a mask until there's a vaccine, which means forever. I mean, this is the new thing. When are you going to push back? You can't live like that. The sad thing is I was going to vacation at the end of August. I usually do it around July 4th, but I figured I'd wait this year because I was hoping the fascism would end and I could take my kids places. But I wanted to go to, I usually rent some, you know, far-flung property in a nice mountainous setting. I was going to go to western Pennsylvania. You think, hey, it's a conservative area. I don't know. Let me know if you're, if you're a listener from there. Are the county governments pushing back? And I, I'm going to talk about that in a minute because I think that's our only hope and that's the key to really start fighting back block by block, community by community, and then county by county. But now I don't even know where to go. I should have went to West Virginia, but who knows what's going to happen there. There is no such thing as a red state. I talked about how... um, I talked about how we had a guy who worked at a gun store in Wyoming. A gun store in the state of Wyoming... Guess what? Guess what? This man was fired from his job for not wearing a mask. I don't know what to tell you guys. But then you have in Texas. It's the same thing. I mean, let me know if you're finding this. I got an email from someone. that they basically um, did a July 4th parade in Round Top, Texas. They've held a parade ever since 1851. It's the oldest 4th of July parade west of the Mississippi. Usually has a parade of horses, antique cars, trucks, VFW floats, local merchants, antique tractors, Usually lasts about two, two and a half hours. This year, the parade lasted all of 20 minutes. The panic porn has won in what used to be free Texas. And part of that is that if the left pushes and pushes 
And the Republican Party, which is perceived, wrongly so, but perceived as representing the right, goes along with it, you're going to drag along the people with it. I mean, if Trump every day would assemble the team of people that we've assembled on Twitter of smart data people, and he would have done that from day one and pushed back, at least you'd have in these parts of the country, you'd have a respite, you'd have a place to go. But we don't. We don't. The hits keep coming. And this is the thing. It is truly ironic. In, in, I mean, it's almost like divine judgment. The convergence of the anarchy, of the rioting, and the blood libels matter agenda being codified into culture, law, and policy before our eyes. A racist, anti-Semitic, violent, neo-Marxist group. But at the same time, the tyranny of the corona fascism and the corona flat earth science converging. How on the one hand, they're abolishing the police, but not really. Not really. That's only if they're destroying public property, looting, rioting, arson, and assaulting people. But if you want to defend yourself, if you want to cover up the BLM graffiti, the cops will be there to arrest you. If you don't wear a mask, the cops will be there to arrest you. So in many levels, I actually want the cops to be abolished. But again, the left is not that stupid. The Republicans are like, don't abolish the police. They always fight the wrong fight because they're losers. The fight is the policies that they want to do and denude them of going after criminals. They're not abolishing them at all. I want them to be abolished for two reasons. Number one, I want the subtlety to become less subtle. I want people to have to fight. I want our side to fight back. Wake up out of your Trump-induced fentanyl slumber. The guy's not going to save you, if you haven't noticed. And number two, if they're not going to protect us from the anarchy, then at least they shouldn't become a tool and a conduit to enforce the tyranny. So that's one way it converges. Lock us up for not wearing a mask, but allow them to... run wild, and also spread the virus. Again, I, you know, I don't think, I think it's exaggerated. I think it's mild, especially now. A lot of it's a function of, of testing, but it is kind of clear that we are worse off in some way than Europe. And the only way to exp- explain that, aside from the border, the Mexico issue, like we talked about yesterday at the border, but this is happening not at the border too, in a less mild form, in a a milder form, is when you have 26 million people participating in riots and protesting, there is no way when you go from record low social mobility to record high, at least for that, there's no way that didn't spread it. So they are now, it's like BLM is the enforcement army of the left. They go spread the virus and they could do it because they're fine. I mean, de Blasio said it blatantly yesterday. All gatherings are banned in New York, except he said it, except if you're part of them, then you could do whatever you want. And we're sitting back and taking this? Are we going to sit back and take that? And then it converges because we had the COVID jailbreak. They were let out. Oh my gosh, the virus, criminals have to be let out. Oh my gosh. The virus, you're not wearing a mask, you're going to be thrown in jail. You see where this is headed? 
This is not about the police. This is about enforcing their agenda. And by the way, every phony conservative should hang their heads in shame for helping release the Antifa BLM army to enforce what the left did. Because they joined along with this crap. Criminal justice reform. You want to know something? Remember we talked about the massacre of black children over the July 4th weekend and all the violence in the cities. And I said to my, I said to you guys that I'll bet you anything, every one of these felons are repeat violent offenders, gun felons, and parole violators that were let out and they were on the street to commit the crime in cities that have the strictest gun laws. And I've been saying Republicans are stupid for not creating a movement that could perfectly jujitsu the BLM agenda and the gun control agenda by pushing to lock up for mandatory 30 years repeat violent gun felons. That's the best way to jujitsu the gun control agenda and the BLM agenda because they're the ones killing the blacks. Devin McNeil, an 11-year-old boy, was killed in southeast uh, Washington, D.C. on July 4th. They were holding a block party. He was helping his mother prepare the food. You had a drive-by shooting, kill them. Or kill kill him. I'm forgetting if other people were hurt. The p- police arrested one suspect, and they have warrants for three others. Every one of them had gun felonies, and it was let out. And one of them was let out. I mean, they were all let out recently. One of them was confirmed to have been let out from coronavirus jailbreak. So you now have black kids getting killed by gun felons released because of coronavirus while you and I are threatened with jail time for not wearing a damn mask. That is the country we live in today. Are you going to sit back and take that? You could not have written a narrative like that. Orwell's 1984 has nothing on COVID-2020. How hard is it? See, this is why I can't sleep at night. I am okay with the fact that if you want to tell me the country is lost, but not just the country, that all 50 states are liberal and there's nothing we can do about it. People bought into it, but it's not true. Imagine if we had a movement in a party that ran on this agenda. And even if you're telling me that nationally in a lot of parts of the country were lost, which I certainly do, do agree with. Why can't we have a sanctuary for patriots and law and order and freedom in Wyoming, in Idaho, in the Dakotas, and some of the southern states, if not all of them? Why? Some of the counties. Which brings me to the next story. I know this is very dark and depressing. But as I said on July 4th, to me... The only avenue is to take this bite size. And it's not even going to be a state. It's got to be a county. And we got to start. You got to start for those of you who live in areas where you, they're at least Republican areas. And you at least have county commissioners and a county sheriff. Who are, if not on our side, but at least care what their conservative constituents think. You got to get in their faces. Because there is, you know, this Good piece of news, and we're going to have one of the commissioners on the show next week. I spoke with one of them last night. Douglas County, Colorado, 
So it's a southern suburb of Denver. Um, it's a place Trump carried by maybe 25 points or so. Douglas County. The commissioners voted to, to vote down the mask ban and basically pull out of this cooperation in this tri-county health department. So, you know, most counties have their own health department, or if they don't, they're just, you know, run by the state. But for whatever reason here, I don't know if you have other parts of the country that are like that, but there are three counties. There's Adams, Douglas, and I'm forgetting the third one. I'm forgetting my geography. Um, It's not Denver itself, but it's one of the other counties around there. They had this cooperation for like 50 years where they have a health department that kind of runs the show. They're unelected bureaucrats, and then they have this doctor that writes the stuff, and they vote on it. And basically, they voted to have mandatory masks. And at least finally, finally, Douglas County commissioners, they surveyed their people, and they said no. And they're pulling out, and they're starting their own health department. And I think that's the key to start from scratch. You want Everything is tainted. They're all drinking out of the same trough, the same false information, the same illusions. That's where it needs to start. Right. Trump is a lost cause. He won't get rid of Fauci. He won't get rid of any of these people. It's just not it's not going to happen. His tweets are nice sometimes. So while you're locked up for not wearing a mask for a goddamn lie, while the BLM is spreading it, while the open borders is spreading it. And then they lie about the statistics and just give nobody any context of the severity of of what it is and the severity of what we're doing in response and any proper data, whether this even helps, where clearly it doesn't. That's the joke. It's like, oh my gosh, we gotta do this. So we do it. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's spreading. We gotta do something more. Well, I thought you said the first thing. And again, a lot of this, and I know you're seeing it even, some of you are telling me even conservative neighborhoods. Fear and lack of trust in God. This is the difference. How do you think they live through smallpox, through polio? Because they believed in God. We're at a point where people believe in this era of hedonism and technology, which is insane, that there's nothing a human being can't do. And there must be, well, okay, it was a lockdown. Well, okay, it's the mask. It's the man. And you know what's funny? All these people are like, they're now using it to say, well, this is the key to freedom. So on the one end, the virus is the worst thing. It's going to get you. You do this, you do that, it's going to get you. But then suddenly you wear a mask, it's all over. Really? No. California has had a mask mandate for seven weeks. Ditto with Miami-Dade County. They're the epicenters of the surge. But I think you're getting a glimpse as to what they're going to do from that guy in Texas. They'll go to the next step. Oh, Okay, uh, you're not wearing at home. You're not wearing in the shower. You're not wearing it to sleep. That's why. That's why. It must be. I mean, th- th- this is like the flat earthers in G- Galileo's time. These people are nuts. So at least at a county level. I mean, Trump won 82% of all. The 3,000 counties, something like that, okay? Now, I know he, you know, Democrats won more of the population, the popular vote. But remember, here's the good news. If you're in a county of 30,000 people, 
you have just as much of your own independent unit of government as L.A. County with 10 million people, okay? So remember that. I mean, this is where the Republican Party is hurting us. Because even in the areas and the counties that Trump carried by 50, 60 points, what do you have as elected officials? Dumbass Republicans. That's how the Republicans are hurting us. If you had a new independent conservative party or just common sense party that appealed to everyone, you would at least have a refuge and you'd have, you'd have some sort of competing narrative. If you can't do it in a single state, at least start in some of the counties. At least within the so-called red states, take some of the best counties. That's where we need to start. We should have a project. At least in the states that are designated as red in some way. You know, because in the blue ones, they'll say that, you know, suddenly then the counties have no control. Then they'll tell us, oh, there's nothing we can do, the governor or whatever. But at least there, in, in states like, you know, where you have Republican governors, Trump carried them. Let's pick a few counties in each, each state. That's what we need to do. Push back against the BLM terrorism and the anarchy. Push back against the corona fascism. But anyway, I wanted to get to some of the other stuff today. So we talked a lot about um, yesterday about the border and the coronavirus. Guess what? The June border numbers came out yesterday. And the, the apprehension of single adult, adults at the border was up almost 50% from May to June. What do you think single adults from Mexico would be coming for? We're officially turning back illegal aliens. Why do you think they would come? Right? I mean, typically, when we lost our deterrent, they came. But when we started turning them back, they stopped coming. But now they started coming. I think you know the answer. They're getting sick with the virus in Mexico. And they're coming. And again, like I say over and over again, people were were amazed at my analysis of New Mexico. You have four border states. Same latitude, same demographics, same seasons. One has almost no virus. The other three have it a lot. What gives? And the answer is New Mexico is the only state with no border crossings. No meaningful, there's literally no Mexican towns there. It's just a desert. So you have no American, so-called Americans shopping back and forth. And you have no... Mexicans coming for treatment there. That's what spread it. You can't tell me, oh, New Mexico had a good lockdown. No. You look at the social mobility data from Google, and you'll find that New Mexico had the highest level of mobility of the four border states. California had a severe lockdown in Arizona, whether it was voluntarily or or some of it mandated, which Doug Duncy you know, is a rhino. He did mandate a lot of that stuff. They had as low of a social mobility as Maryland. Texas was a little bit higher, but New Mexico was even higher. I mean, this is the stuff that that nobody points out. What is so hard? I have so much more information where this came from. We need to start our own movement. And that's where it starts. You got to take it bite-sized. We're not going to change the White House. 
We're not going to change Greg. Ah, but. But you know what? At a county level. I mean, this this uh, county commissioner last night, I was saying, look, you know, I sent her some links, sent her some data, some resources, and I said, look, I'll, I'll help you out. And I, and I think that's what we need to do. It's got to start at a county level. That is the reality. But I wanted to go over some of these lies just to give you some perspective. So, um, this is from Justin Hart. He's been on the show twice. Brilliant, brilliant data analyst. And he had the following, he listed the following quotes. I'm just going to read his Twitter thread. These are actual quotes from pieces I've just read. I don't know why I've been ignoring this. Let me say that I'm serious about my respect for frontline workers. I'm confident they are not the ones calling for us to lose our jobs so they can do theirs. Politicians did that. Now he has a bunch of quotes from articles. I'm just going to read them. Talia says his hospital is managing but just barely at keeping up with the increased number of sick patients in the last three weeks. The hospital's urgent care centers have also been inundated, and its outpatient clinics have no appointments available. Dr. Bernard Kamins, Associate Professor of Infectious Diseases at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, says that UAB Hospital canceled elective surgery scheduled for Thursday and Friday of last week to make more beds available. We had to treat patients in places that we normally wouldn't, like in a recovery room, said Kamins. The emergency room was very crowded, both with sick patients who needed to be admitted. In California, several hospitals have set up large surge tents outside their emergency departments to accommodate and treat patients. Even then, the LA Times reported this week, emergency departments had standing room only, and some patients had to be treated in hallways. In Fenton, Missouri, SSM Health St. Clair Hospital has opened its emergency overflow wing as well as all outpatient centers and surgical holding centers to make more beds available to patients who need them. Nurses are being pulled from all floors to care for them. It's making their pre-existing conditions worse, she says. More and more patients are needing mechanical ventilation due to respiratory failure. From Laguna Beach to Long Beach, emergency rooms are struggling to cope with overwhelming cases and had gone into diversion mode during which ambulances are sent to other hospitals. Hospitals across the state are sending away ambulances, flying in nurses from out of state and not letting children visit their loved ones for fear they'll, they'll uh, spread the virus. Others are canceling surgeries and erecting tents in their parking lots to triage the hordes of patients. There's a little bit of feeling of being in the trenches. We're really battling these infections to try to get them under control, McKindle said. We're still not sure if this is going to continue. At Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas, waiting rooms turned into exam areas as medical tent as a medical tent was built in order to deal with the surge of patients. A Houston doctor said local hospital beds were at capacity. Dr. Anthony Marinelli says they've seen a major spike in cases. It's so overwhelmed the community hospital that they've gone on bypass at times. That means they tell ambulances to bypass this ER and find another. Dr. Atala, the chief emergency medicine at Grady, says the hospital called in a mobile emergency department based nearly 250 miles away to help tackle the increasing patient demand. A 500 plus patient, at 500 plus patients a day, you physically just need to spa- the space to put a patient in. Our workers, so, so okay, that, that, that's end quote. Do you know that all of those quotes are from articles during the 2018 flu season? 
And and you didn't have politicians knowing about it, sowing it. That was before viruses became political. So, you know, it wasn't like the panic was being artificially created. I mean, that was organically what hospitals felt they had to deal with. Okay? This is being pushed by the media. And most hospitals are still saying they're okay. That was the 2018 flu, my friends. Okay? This is a little bit of context here. Just like, you know, you have busy work days in, in, in manufacturing and in engineering and in, in whatever you do in accounting during a rough season. Medicine is like that too. And it has it. We've never done this as a society. Why don't we ever think in 2018? Man, why don't we just like wear masks and lock people down and close school and have this voodoo um, superstition of, of like, man, I mean, it's, it's so obvious. Why didn't anyone think of that before? I'll tell you why. Because we didn't have political assholes doing this until, the, until now. You want to know something? It's not that they never thought of this before. There was a study, a paper written by Johns, published by Johns Hopkins, which is the biggest panic-purveying institution funded by the Gates Foundation now. But they wrote a paper in 2006 discussing the very scenario going on today. And it was four, four guys wrote it. It was at a time in the Bush administration when they were worried about bio-attacks from terrorism, bioterrorism. And they talked about different things and what could be done. So they go through different like options and different topics. One of them is large-scale quarantine measures. Quote, there are no historical observations or scientific studies that support the confinement by quarantine of groups of possibly infected people for extended periods in order to slow the spread of influenza. A World Health Organization writing group, after reviewing the literature and considering contemporary international experience, concluded that forced isolation and quarantine are ineffective and impractical. Mandatory large-scale quarantine continues to be considered as an option by some authorities, even though they feel it's not effective. This is Johns Hopkins, okay? The negative consequences of large-scale quarantine are so extreme. Forced confinement of sick people, sick people with the well, complete restriction of movement of large populations, difficulty in getting critical supplies, medicines, and food to people inside quarantine zone, that the mitigation measure should be eliminated from serious consideration. Okay? Then you have... They also say, in the event of a pandemic, attendance at public events or social gatherings could well decrease because people were fearful of becoming infected, and some events might be canceled because of local concerns. But a policy calling for community-wide cancellation of public events seems inadvisable. 
School closures and previous influenza epidemics, the impact of school closings on illness rates have been mixed. The study from Israel reported decrease in respiratory infections after a two-week teacher strike, but the decrease was only evident for a single day. On the other hand, when schools closed for a winter holiday during the 1918 pandemic in Chicago, right, just during the winter holiday, quote, more influenza cases developed among pupils than when school was in session. And again, by the way, I just just so you know, um, that was the Spanish flu, which just across the board was much, much more deadly and also really affected kids, mainly young adults, but affected kids, too. And now kids are affected by this less than they are than, any, you know, from anything else. Here's another interesting thing. This is really fascinating. They have another subtitle, Maintaining Personal Distance. It has been recommended that individuals maintain a distance of three feet or more during a pandemic so as to diminish the number of contacts with people who may be infected. By the way, notice it was three feet. <laughs> the efficacy of this measure is unknown. It is typically assumed that transmission of droplet spread disease such as influenza is limited to close contacts, that is, being within three to six feet of an infected person. Keeping a space of three feet between individuals might be possible in some work environments, but it is difficult to imagine how bus, rail, or air travelers could stay three feet apart from each other throughout an epidemic. And such a recommendation would greatly complicate normal daily tasks like grocery shopping, banking, and the like. What about masks? So here's what they have to say about that. Remember, this was after SARS. It was a few years after it. In Asia, during the SARS period, many people in the affected communities wore surgical masks when in public. But studies have shown that the ordinary surgical mask does little to prevent inhalation of small droplets bearing influenza virus. The pores in the mask become blocked by moisture from breathing, and the airstream simply diverts around the mask. There are few data available to support the efficacy of N95 or surgical masks outside a healthcare setting. And remember, most people aren't wearing the N95, um, and that is true to this day. There is no good data on that. And, and the thing is, we're actually seeing now in all the places that had it, they did not have a better result. All the places in the West. The, the Asia, you can't bring a proof from that because it's not the mask. They have all have cross immunity, partial cross immunity from, from always getting coronaviruses. But that's what they said years ago. And they also noted that obviously these would be uncomfortable to wear from for, for too long. So that's the thing. And by the way, it's becoming clearer that this thing is not spread by droplets. As we had a we had a guest on the show a while back that he predicted it, and there's more and more evidence of that. It's airborne. Now, it's airborne in a way, not in a way that like outside it's gonna blow away those particles and you're not gonna inhale them. But indoors indoors it is airborne and if that is true then if you really really want meaning if you think that we need to prevent a cold okay they're right they are right then you actually need a full lockdown not a partial lockdown and not wearing masks if that is true, don't, don't don't lie to me like somehow, see, this is why it's so political. They're like, oh my gosh, we need lockdown. And now it's like, oh my gosh, we need masks. Well, what happened to lockdown? I'll tell you what happened. Political, politically, it became untenable. That's the joke. Meaning, if you want to be consistent about this, the, the California governor, Newsom, is actually correct. 
he actually is following some degree of science. If you believe this is the bubonic plague and somehow you could avoid getting it until there's a vaccine, but if you do get it, you're going to die. If, if that is your belief, then he's right. He, he bans singing in churches even with a mask. And he's right because the singing really brings out not, it, it's not the droplets. It's, it's the, the aerosols from your lungs. And if someone does have it, it will come out. It will come out through his mask. And if it does enter someone, it will enter it irrespective of him wearing a mask. Aerosols of virus, the microbiology, putting a mask on that is like locking a fly up in a jail cell. It's meant for spraying, for things you could see. Maybe bacteria. Bacteria is much, much larger than the, than, than, the, than the virus. And that's the thing. Nobody would have suggested that there is a way to stop a flu from spreading. And remember, remember, in many ways, Roughly 95% of people who get this get it less than the flu. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, there is an element, mainly people, almost exclusively people with certain vulnerabilities. We've talked about that from day one that could get it worse than the flu and could potentially die from it. But again, there are people who die from the flu and get pneumonia from the flu and die from that. That's why the flu has about a 0.1 IFR which is what's turning out to be the case here. But in many ways, it's less. See, the flu, when you get it, you get it. Most people do get zonked with it. I mean, kids. Do, do you know how many times we've discussed, like, how many times in your life did, 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 did you discuss in your school, your workplace, your community, your household, your block? There's a bug going around, right? Usually in the winter, but sometimes not in the winter. There's a bug going around. And you always knew you're, you're likely going to get it. And often, you know, it, it's five to seven days in bed. I mean, for most people, that is not what's happening to them when they get it. Still, the majority are asymptomatic. And even those who have sim- symptoms, the majority of those are less than a flu, sometimes really a mild cold. If this is the new threshold, this is the joke. It's going to happen forever. Meaning, even if magically... There was a cure for tomorrow, a uh, vaccine. It, it, it was eradicated, whatever. They're talking about the swine flu and the bubonic plague, not kidding, in China. There's always this stuff. If you, if you follow this in the medical journals or in the medical community year after year, you always have something every year. There's the general flu, and then you, all, you, you always have something. Some years it's worse than others. Some years it's more prevalent than others. We've never done this. This is the new threshold. If we're going to allow them to take our liberty with such a pretext, we're done. It's time we fight back. It's our imperative. By the way, by the way, one other very interesting thing. I got a copy last night of the latest spreadsheet, searchable spreadsheet data of all of the death certificates in um, what do you call that place in Minnesota? Okay, 
It's a searchable database, not not a copy of the death certificate, but a searchable database of their all their information, anyone who died in the state this year, and you could see the age, the address, and the cause of death written down on that death certificate. Okay? So I figured, you know what? Let me go and search George Floyd. Because he should already be on there. It's kind of interesting what I found. It didn't say anything about COVID. And it didn't say anything about drugs. It said cardiopulmonary arrest. Complicating law enforcement subdual. Restraint and neck compression. Okay. So cardiopulmonary arrest. Complicating law enforcement subdual very so it's interesting in two ways so just let's just make a virus point number one no mention of drugs and no mention of the virus now obviously he didn't die of the virus but i'm just telling you why is that not a covid death what it was okay for them to put down on other people who died of drug overdoses or alcohol poisoning or a car accident but they happened to test positive for covid that was okay See, here you couldn't do that because then it would run into headwinds of the other thing. Again, this show, the whole thing is so, such a lie. I want you guys to see this. But what's also interesting is what it doesn't say is neck broken or choking from law enforcement. No, it's cardiopulmonary arrest, meaning he had a heart attack, which what complicated... The law enforcement subdual. It didn't say the law enforcement subdual aggravated his heart problem and killed him. So what's interesting is the state actually, if you read the cause of death, that's not second degree murder. That's not negligence. That is an eggshell case. I, I'm just telling you, I mean, uh, I'm reading their thing. If you look into court, their own death certificate says the guy died of a heart attack that just complicated a law enforcement subdual. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, that's what the autopsies seem to suggest. So um, we'll find out what, what happens with that. Anyway, I got a lot more. I wanted to read to you a whole, um, whole resource about the 1957 Asian flu <clears throat> and how per capita it was actually worse than this and we did nothing for it. And it's just... It's an amazing contrast, but we are at a time, unfortunately, I got to run to a meeting. Folks, start thinking about this. Let's go on Minutemen Speak Easy. That's the private Facebook page. If you're not there, we could uh, uh, you know, request an invite. We'll bring you into the private group, the public group, Harwood Citizen Sanctuary. Let's form threads. You know, form Post there, and hey, any patriots in this area, that area, and let's try to get a task force to try to get each area to start fighting back, each county, even in counties at least where Trump won by at least 15 to 20 points, start there. I know we have a lot of listeners from, from those type of areas. I don't live in one of those areas, but a lot of people do. And start fighting back. Start blitzing your county commissioners, the sheriff. You will not enforce this nonsense. You're going to go after the bad guys, not the good guys. Right is right. Criminal is criminal. Victim is victim. 
pressure them to build a new health department, just like Douglas County is doing, based on people like Johnny Anides, Nobel Laureate, Dr. Levitt, Scott Atlas, people that are that are giving the other side of the story. Because we already have one side. We already have one Democrat party. We don't need two. It's time for us to create that alternative. People are starving for it. It just takes leadership. I need your thoughts, prayers, strategies, and help. You can always email me at dhorowitz at blazemedia.com. Tweet me at armconservative. Folks, have a terrific weekend. Stay knowledgeable, stay empowered, and stay safe. 